Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. As always, Stacy Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how's it going tonight? Going good, buddy. Man, we got a, a lot of breaking news to cover and a lot of topics in general. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get to it, man. Yeah, like like Jake mentioned, there's there's stuff happening right now as as we record uh, this podcast, and uh, obviously a little bit earlier. Uh, there was breaking news in the NBA uh, with the Knicks trade and then the Mavs. Yep. Uh, you know, the the two big guys, uh, you know, Kristaps uh, Porzingis is, is, is heading out to, to Dallas. Yep. Uh, at part of a three-player trade on each side. Uh, the Mavs are going to get Porzingis, Hardaway Jr., and Courtney Lee. And they're also going to send uh, two uh, future uh, first-round picks. So the Knicks are going to get the two future picks – uh, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and uh, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge on uh, on both sides, I believe. Uh, it's a salary dump per se for uh, the Knicks uh, for the upcoming uh, free agency this summer. Um, there's a report out earlier that says that they can now sign two two star players. So, you know, everybody wants to go to the Knicks. I mean, it's a good place to go to. Uh, it's got a lot of history. They haven't been successful here lately, but I mean, there's been a lot of great names that's come through there. So, I mean, why wouldn't anybody want to go there? Yeah, uh, you know, it's it, like Jake said, it's, it, it was really mostly a cap move for yeah. the Knicks. I mean, they they get a couple nice pieces. Matthews is is a nice player. He's he's on the last leg of his career, but he's still he's a he's an adequate NBA player. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. He's he's got some potential, but mm-hmm. he's he's not a superstar. But he's a, he's a solid player. And then you got uh, DeAndre Jordan, who's going to get you a double double every game. So yeah. I mean, you you got a little something, plus the two f- future first round picks, and like Jake said, you got some some wiggle room now uh, in the free agency here in, in in the summer of 2019. And and obviously, I think that the biggest name to watch out for is uh, Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, don't you know? I hate to say this, being a being a Charlotte Hornets fan, but don't sleep on Kimball Walker too. Right. I mean, he's a free agent, but you know he. He loves the city of Charlotte, but you know, and Charlotte can can give him the match deal. But if he wants to go somewhere to actually contend, I, I hate to say this, but Charlotte's nowhere near ready to contend. They got too many bad contracts. But you know, uh, New York Knicks really love him as well, just about as much as they love Kyrie. So you know, that would be uh, that'd be a big pickup for them if they decide to do it. Yeah, and the, you, you mentioned Kyrie Irving. You know, he's actually kind of voiced that he he would like to team back up with LeBron. Yeah. I guess he realized that the grass isn't green on the other side and he had it yeah. made playing with the best player in the NBA. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, Speaking of. <laughs> speaking of, of LeBron and the Lakers, obviously it was, it was uh, uh, broke earlier this week that Anthony Davis will not be a Pelican after this season. Yeah. Whether he's traded before the uh, the trade deadline or, or he just uh, will re-sign somewhere else this summer, he is out of his he's he's getting out of New Orleans either way. And obviously, as soon as that broke, it it was you know rumors flying about who could send what to New Orleans to get Anthony Davis, and obviously one of those teams with was the Los Angeles Lakers, and and we we put a poll up if uh, if the Lakers did trade for. Uh, for Anthony Davis, would that make him a contender for the championship? I think it does. Jake doesn't think so. Uh, so Jake's going to expand on that now. Yeah, you're going to have LeBron and you're going to have Davis together. Um, but I feel like being in the West, it's uh, – you know, the West, we said it's it's the toughest place or the toughest, you know – 
uh, conference in the NBA. And, uh, I mean, you still got the big three there in um, Golden State, of course. If KD decides to leave, uh, they'll only have uh, Curry and Thompson. Yeah, Davis and LeBron together would be, would be awesome to watch. But, I mean, the, the proposed trades that I've been seeing is uh, that they're going to have to send Ball to um, the Pelicans and uh, Kuzma. Kuzma, to me, looks like a, a star in the making. And, and, I mean, you would hate – I feel like you would hate to give that up. But, I mean, it's Anthony Davis. So, uh, I understand that. But if you get – if you get him, you trade your your point guard of the future pretty much, and Alonzo Ball. Who's going to be dishing the passes to LeBron and to Davis and all that? You're going to have to fill in with yeah, some but, vet guys. Bet, well, they have they have Rondo. They still have Hart and LeBron. When he's playing, he's the dominant ball handler. So you don't really have to have a true point guard. So to me, like 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 Jake said, the deal would would include Lonzo, Kuzma. Uh, Zubak in, in a first round pick and, and maybe a couple other guys. It kind of just kind of wait and see, and then the, the the Lakers would obviously get Anthony Davis. But but to me, and I know they had to go through the East to get there. But last year LeBron made it without anybody. Yeah, that's a good to point. the to the finals without anybody. Yeah, I mean, who was the next best player? Kevin Love, who stayed injured all year. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, what, what I'm saying is, is LeBron with Anthony da- Anthony Davis is is the best big man in the NBA. I mean, it's not even close, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's Anthony Davis is the most dominant big man in the league. Him and a guy from Philadelphia. Oh, um, um, <laughs> his name is Embiid. Yeah, Joel Embiid. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> they are the two most dominant dominant big men in the league. But Anthony Davis is just. I don't know. It's just something different about him. And, uh, I mean, I remember him in college on that Kentucky team. I mean, he was. Oh, that was a was special awesome. team. That was oh, a special yeah, team, definitely. But I mean, you look at a guy like Anthony Davis. Obviously, we know what LeBron can do. He's going to get you almost thirty points a game, almost ten assists, and almost ten rebounds every yeah. game. So you can, I mean, you can just take that to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look. You add a guy like Anthony Davis, who's going to get you. He's averaging this year twenty nine points, thirteen rebounds, and three blocks. So yeah, that's that's big. I mean, so you're talking about two guys that are going to get you 30 points and you know over 20 rebounds, and 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 they're, uh, Anthony Davis is going to get you a few blocks, and he can stretch the floor as a big man. He can run the floor as a big man. He can defend all five positions. He would be critical on them on them switches against the uh, the uh, Warriors. You know, with with Curry mm-hmm. uh, bringing it up. So that that would be big. And like Jake said, you would have to find some some roles for other guys. But I'm confident that if LeBron could, you know, make the Warriors work with last year's Cavaliers team, he can definitely make the Warriors work with the, the, the team he has now right now in Los Angeles, and then you add Anthony Davis. You mean the Lakers, you said the Warriors. I mean the Lakers. <laughs> um, two, two things to look into here um, – it was brought out today that if, if Anthony Davis is not traded, that's going to keep him out of the lineup yeah. uh, for the rest of the, the year. Uh, that's something to watch out for. And uh, the other thing is, Drew Holiday, once all this started breaking, you know, he just signed a new contract. Yeah, um, and, 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 and he said <laughs> that the reason why he stayed was because of Anthony Davis. So, will he be the next one to ask for a trade out of, of New Orleans? I mean, you know, it just seems like the see New Orleans can't get a break right now. I mean, we had the, well, the I terrible mean, – Breath was was a small part of the uh, 
re-signing with them because of the uh, of, of Anthony Davis, or was it the twenty five million dollars a year he's going to make? That's a good he point. wasn't going to get that anywhere else. That had the biggest. That was the biggest factor. Was the cash. So I mean, he can tweet that if he wants, and obviously he would rather Anthony Davis stay with Pelican. Yeah. But he's got his money either right. way. And Pelicans are not – I mean, they're they're a decent team, but they're not, you know, they're not loaded with star power. I mean, you got Davis and Holiday pretty much. Yeah, I mean, hey, Drew Holiday is having a, a great year. 21 points a game and eight assists. So, yeah. I mean, that's, he's having a really good season. I guess really, yeah, I think, I think they can make the playoffs. The Lakers can if they get Davis. But my thing is I don't think they, they still need another piece to contend for the West – and for a championship, and that comes this summer if if uh, what's Leonard um, Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard he's not does, coming. He's I not mean, coming. You think he's going to stay? Uh, uh, I think he's going to the Clippers. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about the Clippers. But uh, Los Angeles, they're uh, if, if if they could send what we mentioned earlier, Ball, Kuzma, and Zubac, and a first round pick, and they can keep Brandon Ingram. Ingram's a big key for that. So I mean, if team. if they have if they have a lineup of, of Rondo, Hart, James Ingram, mm-hmm. and uh, Anthony Davis, yeah, that that's a legitimate lineup. It is. That is a legitimate lineup, and you still have uh, Tyson Chandler, who's yeah. who's a rebounding machine and a great defensive guy. Javale McGee's one of the leading shot blockers in the NBA. Yeah. So you still have guys like that and Lance Stevenson that can yeah. come off the bench. He's a so. You know. And and if you could keep KCP, he's a he's a great yep. three point shooter. So the pieces would be there for Los Angeles. You got Joe McGee, you know, Joe McGee too. But they uh but they got to uh they got to get LeBron back on the court. I know he's I think they list him as probable tonight. So yeah. he he'll be back in the next couple games. But you know before he was injured they were twenty and fourteen. Yeah. And uh, now they're twenty six and twenty five. So uh they're six and eleven without LeBron James. So obviously the team you know misses him. Severely, and and actually, that it took them several games to even win one w- yeah. without him. I think it, it actually had went to like dating back to when he was a Cavalier. Uh, when LeBron was not in the lineup, his team was zero and thirteen yeah. in the last thirteen games. Uh, obviously, the Lakers have won a few since then, but it's it's obvious how uh, <laughs> instrumental he is uh, for his teams that he's playing on. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. You know, LeBron is is probably one of the greatest players in our generation, no doubt about it. He probably is the greatest, you know, on, on you know, everybody's got a different opinion. But my my only thing with LeBron, and I'll just – I said it earlier about, you know, you have Kimba Walker who is stuck, you know, with the Hornets, and he has been loyal to that team for his entire career. And he's also made the comment he would like to stay in Charlotte because he loves it. But – you have LeBron who's, to me, he's followed the stardom. He's gone, you know, he left Cleveland where he grew up at and went to Miami with Bosch and Wade, then come back and won a championship, but then he left him again to to go out to L.A. So I just – I hear what you're saying, but comparing Kimball Walker to LeBron James is like comparing me to somebody that's playing college basketball right now. There's no – you can't compare the two because they're not equal. No, they're not, but you it's just a loyalty. Yeah, but look what look what uh, Kim was loyal to the guy. Nowhere, cause exactly, because it's, it's the ownership. It's been terrible. It's that, you hear and, that, Michael Jordan? You need to get better players. And and you know that could we could talk about this forever. 
But people who question LeBron's loyalty, LeBron's loyalty was is to winning. Yeah, I mean that's that's what he's loyal to. I mean, he tried to stick it out with Cleveland in his first stint there, and the next best player they had was Mo Williams. Yeah. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and he took him to the finals. I mean, what else could he do with that group? So he, he wanted to go win a championship, so he teamed up with Bosch and, and Wade in Miami, and they won a couple. And uh, obviously Wade was starting to decline, yeah. and, and Bosch was, was getting declining. You know, declining as well. And, you know, he's had health problems actually ever since. But yeah. – uh, uh, so LeBron could kind of see the writing on the wall, decided mm-hmm. to go back to his hometown and, and try to win a championship, and he did. And he wins him a championship, and they decide not to put any talent around him. Yeah. Kyrie wants to leave, and they make a terrible trade for an yeah. injured five foot nine point guard, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. I mean, so they, they showed no loyalty to him. And I think this move to LA is more about his post basketball career than anything. He's mentioned that he wants to, you know, be a producer and, and mm-hmm. do movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So, and I think his kids play ball out in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. it was more of a a move based on things outside of basketball. And and he also knew in the back of his mind that that LA has the resources to to build a team around him to hope to you know to maybe push for another NBA championship before before he rides off in the sunset, so to speak. But me being a Bama fan, I would love to see him and and Colin Sexton. Oh, that that would have been fun. That would have been fun. There had been a couple of years away from winning a championship, but Colin Sexton's pretty much led the Cavaliers team this year. They still have no help. I mean, Thompson's a good player. You know, he'll he'll score. I think he's like twelve and twelve this year. You know, rebounding and scoring. But you know, Colin Sexton has been the guy for the Cavaliers, and it's funny, you know. It come out that some of the players are saying that you know he wasn't he wasn't ready to be a starter on the team because he was still I guess you call it immature on, on basketball uh, stuffs. But I mean, look at him now. So I just thought that would be pretty well, cool the, to the, see. The, the Cavaliers are every one of their players is a bench player. Yeah. Colin Sexton has a chance to be a good solid NBA starter. Yeah, but there's nobody on that team Mm-mm. that should be a starter in the NBA. No, they're all bench players. <laughs> yeah, they are. But that's an entirely different subject as yep. well. But, uh, you know, so we've kind of told you about the what's happening in the NBA right now. Yep. Uh, obviously, the getting closer to the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, earlier – actually, one more thing about the Anthony Davis thing. It was uh, it was said earlier today that the – or it might have been yesterday. I can't remember when I read it. That, uh, that the Pelicans were not even picking up the phone when Los Angeles called. And, and now uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, tweeted out four hours ago that the Lakers and Pelicans executives have connected on the phone concerning Anthony Davis and that they're expected to talk again prior to next week's trade deadline. So yeah. there's still that possibility. Yep, there is. So uh, we'll just kind of see what happens there. And obviously if something if, – if a trade happens, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that when it, when it does come out. But uh, moving on to some other breaking news, this is in college football – uh, the NCAA laid the hammer down on Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Big uh, they're time. now going to receive a, a postseason ban for next season for uh, a tutor taking – was it t- taking test? Yeah, for, for some, 12 players. For 12 players on on a couple different sports. So, yeah. I, the NCAA is a joke to me. Amen. So, the people that are going to be punished – 
are the players on the team, the respected teams yeah. that had nothing to do with what they're being punished for. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah. how how ignorant is that? That is. So, obviously, Missouri said they're going to appeal the, the ruling, and but you know how that usually works. Mm-hmm. And I did hear that uh, the, one of the reasons the NCAA come down on them so hard is because Missouri was not wanting to cooperate with them. I don't – who knows about that? I mean, only, only the people involved know the truth behind that. But, you know, I hate it for Missouri. I think they're – I like their program. I like Barry Yodem. I think he's a solid coach. You know, uh, Kelly Bryant just transferred there. He did say that he was going to stay, yeah, though. Yeah, he was going to stay. So that's that's kind of, that's good news for them, but I, I just hate it for their players. It's it's kind of a crappy crappy thing to do, really, from the NCAA. Oh yeah, they yeah they um, you know I, I hate it for Kelly Bryant because like you said he just transferred into there, but he is staying. He said um, I hate it for the players. Um, I think they with him they could have been you know they probably won about eight games and would have got uh, a pretty good bowl. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just heartbreaking for them, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know, but they the all the seniors can transfer. Yes, you know freely, which I mean that's kind of the NCAA's way of covering up their <laughs> their ruling. Back to the transfer quarter. <laughs> but you know, truthfully, uh, uh, their schedule next this coming season is 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 not terrible in yeah. conference play. They really only have, uh, they have a three week stretch, three week stretch in October, and, and in the first week of November where it's kind of tough, mm-hmm. uh, where they play at Vanderbilt, at Kentucky, and then at Georgia. Ooh. But other than that, they uh, you know, they they draw Ole Miss uh, uh from the uh from the oh, see that'd be the the west side. West side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know that's not a bad draw. And uh, you know they got Tennessee and Florida at home, so anything can happen in those games. And they all obviously they play Arkansas every year, kind of a rivalry game. So that's yep. not really another tough draw from the West. So South Carolina's not really that good. So they they have a favorable schedule, and you know if they could, if all their seniors would have been able to return, and with mm-hmm. Kelly Bryant at quarterback, uh, I know they had a lot of their defense coming back this year. They they could they could have made a run and competed for for the East. So. I agree. It's it's just a bad situation in Missouri, so I hate it for their fans, and 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 you know it's not even really good for the conference when when a, when the, one of the teams is is banned from a bowl. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but you know that's kind of it on the on the breaking news front. Uh, we're gonna move into some uh, Alabama basketball, talk about some Bama hoops, and uh, you know they're really playing well right now. They've uh, they hadn't won all the games, but they're they're playing well. Uh, you know, it's it's really good to see the team really just play more consistent. They yeah. they played more consistent, I guess is what is what you need to say. You know, uh, from the uh, Tennessee game uh, to this couple nights ago when when they beat uh, Mississippi State. And, and yeah. we, I said it. You know, I've said it. Dante Hall needs to be more of a part on the offensive end. And yeah, he had some you know some bogus. You know, fouls called against him. Really, you know, first five minutes of game, there was no no fouls called. There was playing, but Dante Hall only had twenty three minutes, but he had nineteen points and seven rebounds. I mean, if I can get nineteen points out of him every every game, I feel good about our chances. And another thing is, um, you know, John Petty has has seemed to find his groove here lately, shooting the ball. Um, he played twenty three minutes the other night. Uh, had Riley Norris had a good good game off the bench. Petty had a good game off the bench. 
Jalen Smith had a good game, I thought, off the bench. Yeah, he so, played well when he came in. And, uh, you know, you, it, it's just good to see this team. I feel like it's turning the curve a little bit, you know. Um, be interesting to see how they play Saturday. They got they got the Iron Bowl of basketball. This I Saturday. hate that term. It's not yeah. the Iron Bowl of basketball. There's no such thing as the Iron Bowl of basketball or any other sport. Yeah. Really, the football game is no longer the Iron Bowl. It's not played in Birmingham. Yeah, that's right. So that's kind of a dated term, but I yeah. know why they use it. I understand, mm-hmm. but it gets on my nerves. <laughs> but I, you know, we was talking before the before we started, but I told you, you know. Auburn lives and dies off the three, and and they haven't been been shooting the ball good here lately. So I think we can go down to Auburn and steal one, and and if we can steal one down there, it'd be great. You know, we did. I think we went. What uh, did we beat them both times last year? We, we played them three times. Yeah, uh, one, 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 two, and lost one. Yeah, so we beat them in the first round of the SEC uh, tournament, which second is big. Round. Second round, and um, so. You know, I think we can go down there and steal one. If we if we play the way we've been playing here lately, is I mean, we took the number one team to the ropes of the night. Yeah. So. Hey, I want to give a quick shout-out. If you love college basketball, you need to follow uh, Eric Haslam on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at Haslam Metrics uh, on Twitter. So make sure you give him a follow. He's got his own little algorithm that he uses to, to look at basketball teams and how they're playing, you know, efficiency-wise and, and what their best performances are. And, yeah. and you know, it's – Something interesting is uh, three of Alabama's five best performances has come in January. Yeah. So the team is playing their best ball right now of the season, uh, and and it's good. And like Jake said, uh, Auburn hasn't been – you know they won big last night with a big second half, but mm-hmm. uh, against Missouri, who's, who's not very good. Yeah. But uh, this is a really good opportunity for, for Alabama to still – a quality road win. Yeah. I think uh, I think we can too. You know, I really like Jake said. Auburn lives and dies by the three. So if they uh, if they uh, are not shooting well Saturday, it uh, it'll bode well for Alabama. And and you know, speaking of uh, of of Haslametrics, Hazl- uh, like I said, follow him on Twitter. Uh, right now, Alabama's eighth in the country with his algorithm in momentum. Wow. So they're they're playing as as far as as his algorithm is concerned. They have a lot of momentum right now. It's good to be going into your rivalry game mm-hmm. uh, with momentum, especially when you're playing on the road. It's a night game at Auburn Arena. I'm sure the place will be packed. Yeah. It'll be loud. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to uh, to the game Saturday night. I hope Alabama can steal one on the road. But even if they can't steal one, they need to play well yeah. and, and, and just make sure their confidence is still up after after Saturday night, whether they win or lose. Right. And we got Georgia coming up, then at Vandy, and again at Mississippi State. Um, so, and then Florida. So, you know, there's some games here with the next, you know, two, three, four games that we that we sh- we can win. Um, yeah, like Stacey said, even if we do lose at Auburn, uh, I believe we can beat Georgia. Um, Vandy at home, you know, or Vandy's on the road, but Vandy at home itself is. It's so tough to beat them. It's tough to play yeah. there, but yeah. but they're struggling this they year. Are. I think this could finally be the season we yeah we, <laughs> we beat Vanderbilt in in Nashville. Yeah, but like Jake said, the next five games is, are on the road at Auburn, mm-hmm. uh, home versus Georgia, on the road at Vanderbilt, on the road at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and then hosting Florida. So a lot of big matchups coming up in the next five games. If mm-hmm. Alabama could go three and two in oh, that man. stretch, that would be big. That would put them at, at seven and five in conference play. Yeah. 
And uh, then they got a couple more winnable games where they played Texas A&M and Vanderbilt again. So uh, Alabama has a chance to finish really strong in conference play. Yeah. Uh, you know, we put a poll up on Twitter about uh, if they would finish over 500, at 500, or below 500 in conference play. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was like 60-something percent said it'd be above 500. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm leaning to right now. I'm thinking they have a chance. I'm saying at best they're going to finish about 12 and six in conference play. Oh wow! And I would say at worst nine and nine in conference play. Right. So I there's it's going to most likely it'll be about 10 and eight or 11 and seven. Yeah. But I think Alabama has the has the ability to finish about 12 and six in conference play. And if they finish 12 and six in conference play, they will get a really good seed in the NCAA tournament. I agree. And and right now I think I've seen that we are 12 a 12th seed right now. Yeah, the, I think we'd probably be in a playing game right now. Yeah. You know, kind of according to who you look at. Right. But, uh, there's so much can change. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, as far as Alabama is concerned. You know, the last several games, Herb Jones has been in foul trouble. Yeah. I mean, he he's playing well in the minutes that he's getting to play, but he's just not getting enough minutes because of foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if he can ever get going, if he can, you know, stay on the court for 25-plus minutes and, and, you know, get 8 to 10 points a game, oh, yeah. it will take this Alabama team to, to a different level. And, and, and if that can happen, uh, you know, watch out because this team's talented and yeah. they're playing well right now. And, you know, like I say, if, if Dante Hall continues doing what he does on the offensive end, that just bows wonders for, for this team. You know, it feels like, you know, the beginning of the season, all the – we relied on uh, our kid point guard, and now he's getting a little bit more help. And he only had nine points the other night, but he's still, you know, distributing the ball well. Yeah, he's not he's having a, to make all the plays now. Exactly. So, it's good to see, you know – you know, late in the game, I like to see a little bit the, – the ball handling improve a little bit more. You know, yeah, that's it, it's it's frustrating to watch us inbound the ball when teams are are pressuring. I know. I don't understand why we can't. I mean, we struggle just to get the ball inbounded. I know. And then when we get it, we travel or yeah. or turn it over. I mean, it's just yeah. I don't understand that. That's for whatever. I know they practice it. I mean, obviously every team practices. For some reason, they're just yeah they're cursed right now when it comes to in, late game inbounding. And like you said, the the last minute forty eight seconds of that game was the most excruciating thing you had to deal with in your life. Yeah, it was it was very excruciating oh to watch. Yeah, but uh, hopefully, uh, like we said earlier, that Alabama can play well Saturday night in Auburn and, and get a get a win in Auburn Arena in front of their home crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, moving on, the last thing we're going to talk about tonight is, is obviously the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday at 5.30. I think CBS has the game. Yeah, I think so. So that's great because I can't wait to hear Tony Romo. He is yes. fantastic. Man, he, he is, is He's awesome. incredible. He is. <laughs> that's a side note. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as far as the game goes, you know, we kind of touched on it last week and, and how it's, it's kind of the, the new wave with golf and, and, and Sean McVay against the – the old timers, the old timers, and, and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah. So it's uh, it, that that's kind of an interesting outside storyline, so to speak, as far as the game goes. Uh, you know, we talked about how how we both were leaning towards the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Jake still feels the same way or not. I still feel that way. I feel like the experience of the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and you know Rob Gronkowski and, and Dante Hightower and all those guys mm-hmm. has just been there before. Yeah. Uh, that that that'll be enough to 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 you know overcome the, the talent of of the Los Angeles Rams because talent wise that they are the more talented team. Oh yeah, but I, I think that uh that uh New England 
will we'll come up with a plan defensively to, to limit Todd Gurley in the rushing attack of the Rams. And I think I mean I think the Rams will put up some points. Yeah. And I think it'll kind of be a similar game to what the, the Kansas City Chiefs games was with mm-hmm. with the Patriots. And I think the Patriots just make make some plays at the end of the game. And I think they're going to come away with a thirty-four to thirty victory. Yeah, that's a, that's a good good score there. Um, yeah, you know, you, it's hard to to go against Tom Brady when he's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they got beat last year. Um, but you know, Tom Brady, this is a not you know not Super Bowl. You can't go against Tom Brady or Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. It's just you know. But I know a lot of people do. A lot a lot of people say they hate seeing the Patriots in every year. Um, but you know, I, I agree with you. I think you know Todd Gurley's had a good year, and uh, and and Jerry Goff has too. And uh, I think they're going to make Goff uh, have you know have to take over the game you know late and. And I think he may make a mistake and uh, throw a pick late in the game, and um, kind of pretty much seal the game. I think it's going to be, I, I'm saying 28-24. Um, and what's interesting is uh, they asked <laughs> Tony Romo going back to him what he thought on his prediction. He said 28-24, and and whoever had the ball last will not score. So hmm. yeah, so he didn't say who was going to have the ball last, but. So that's something interesting to take, and you know, Tom Brady or not Tom Brady, but Tony Romo has been lots out on his play calling, you know, in the booth. So it's uh, be interesting to see if that holds true or not. Right, you know, it's you know, Bill Belichick is his his I guess his his calling card, so to speak, is taking away what you do best. Oh yeah. So I, I think what what separates the Rams is Todd Gurley. Yeah. And so I think the Patriots will be Patriots will be all out on stopping Todd Gurley, and like Jake said, they're going to force uh, Jared Goff to make the plays. And and if he makes them, he makes them. And if he don't, then the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. And you know they would have two more Super Bowls if it wasn't for two separate incredible catches by the New York Giants receivers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> David Tyree and uh, Mario Manningham. Yeah, I mean those are awesome places. I mean that's that's Super Bowl moments you will never forget. Right, I mean, I'll yeah. never forget them. But yes. Yeah, you know, and it's just – but we said it last week. I got to say it again, but Tom Brady's 41 years old, and he is, you know, he's still playing at oh, – he's yeah. not as high of a level as he was. But, I mean, it's just crazy on, on what he can do, you know, and it's it's amazing to see at 41 years old. <laughs> it, it really is. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm pulling for the Patriots. I want them to win. And, uh, you know, I hope Brady comes back and plays a couple more years. I think he's already said he's going to come yeah. back and play. So, Hopefully he can win win him another one, and uh, you know we're looking forward to that game. So make sure you check that out S- Sunday uh, afternoon, night, whatever you want to call it. I think it starts at five thirty Central Time on yeah. CBS. So we look forward to that. We look forward to Alabama basketball Saturday night uh, in Auburn. Yeah, they play on ESPN two at seven Central. Yep. So make sure you check that game out. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow the podcast at Double Cub underscore Pod. Tweet at us using the hashtag double coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tweet tweet at me, Stacy Blackwood at Blackwood eighty nine. I'm at a uh, JTH double cover one. And uh, there's a before we say goodbye. Uh, there's a couple of topics uh, to look forward to in the future uh, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the talks with uh, JT Realmuto, uh, the catcher at Miami, uh, Miami 
they're getting heated up. They're saying that the Padres, the Reds, the Dodgers, and the Braves are all in advanced stages of talks. And the other one is the Padres are going to meet with Harper uh, tomorrow. So I don't think he'll go go there, but it's just something to keep an eye out on. Yep. So there's and, and they report uh, for spring training what, next week or yeah, the week after. So I it's think, real soon. I think pitchers and catchers do. For yeah, sure. it's real soon. So uh, baseball season is right around the corner. Yep. So we look forward to that. Uh, you know, we tweeted out earlier in the week that uh, we we're going to try to be more involved with, uh, you know, our local high school athletes yes. and and their and the programs around us. You know, there's a lot of high school talent, especially in basketball in this yep. area. So yep. uh, that's something to look forward to. The kid from Hartsville, I think he's only a sophomore. And yeah, I mean uh, that's yeah, people the people's kid. He, yeah. he got his thousandth career point as a sophomore. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, a kid that plays uh, at a uh, Lindsey Lane Christian Academy in Athens. Mm-hmm. He is the nation's leading scorer in boys basketball. He's averaging over forty points a game. Wow. And uh, he's only a junior, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually has a chance. Uh, you know, he's he's I think he's at close to four thousand career points. Dang. So he has a chance after next year to be at 5,000 career points. That's so that's insane. That's, uh, his name's Tommy Murr out of uh, Lindsey Lane Christian Academy. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of exciting things happening locally that mm-hmm. we would like to talk about, and uh, we hope to bring you some of that news. And we appreciate all the support, and uh, yes. we look forward to talking to you all again. We hope you all have a good night. See you all.